1: Hello, everybody. Uh, This is the Blizzard Watch Podcast. We have a special guest this week um, who I've already had introduced himself on the pre-show, but since this is being recorded for people who are not listening to the pre-show, I'm going to do it to him again. Curtis, could you please uh, say hi and tell people who you are?
3: Sure. Hi, I'm Curtis McCatherine. I was a WoW uh, developer for about nine years of my 11 and a half years at Blizzard, and I just recently left. Uh, So uh, I'm here to hang out with these lovely people today. It'll be a lot of fun, I hope.
1: Yes, and to, to prove the fun part, uh, we have two other people who are going to bring the fun while I bring the babbling incoherency, uh, Liz Harper and Joe Perez, who are both, you guys know them from every week, but they're cool too, and it's good to have them as well. Thanks for being here, guys.
3: I should say the important part about the me not being at Blizzard anymore was that I didn't need permission to come on, so it wasn't yes. like... A, he didn't uh, just quit
1: Blizzard and they made him come on this as a penance. <laughs> a penance. So, <laughs> now I'm go <laughs> you must so go so
3: to the Blizzard one.
1: it's like it's like game of Thrones. you have to like stand on the wall and you know it's still snowing yeah
3: it'll do that (laughs) Uh, i just had the thought to come on when when i left it wasn't like i was like internally going let me go and they were like no i don't know that i ever thought to
1: ask not until such time as you do the blizzard watch podcast may you be released from your gun also that's when we'll take the brain bomb out
3: (laughs) (laughs) i do i do believe the brain bomb is out but if i at some point like stop talking um you can uh you can check on me
2: all right we, we will absolutely make sure that you are you're still with us <laughs>
1: he says no curtis um so anyway uh kurt's here we should talk to kurt about things but first we have the various events that make up various blizzard game things that we can talk about uh one of the ones i wanted to bring up was this kind of a really weird story slash non-story um last this week uh i think it was yesterday because time, of course, compressed. I have no idea what day it is anymore. I think it's Tuesday. Uh, so NetEase was said by the Chinese media to be suing Blizzard. And I think the company that had the Blizzard licenses before NetEase, like, am I right here? Like That was what they originally said, that it was uh, Blizzard and I want to say Tencent, but I don't think it is Tencent. Tencent is, I think.
3: I think ten we ten were the with- nine.
1: Yeah, it's okay. The
3: nine, thank you. So, I thought
0: I thought NetEase like was the nine or bought the nine, so they're kind of the yeah, same I, thing I, now.
3: I don't know, and I didn't see this, so I don't it was know just sure. it was just in the article <laughs> that that's who
1: they were supposedly suing, and then today I guess it turned out Blizzard was like, um, well, we're not, we don't know that we're being sued, but we're sure we didn't do anything, uh, which is one of those responses you kind of have when you, you don't know what the heck's going on, and so people dug into it, and it turned out that. NetEase isn't suing anyone. Somebody who's sued NetEase a lot is suing Blizzard for like I think like two hundred dollars worth of like refund time, and he just mentioned NetEase in his filing somehow, and that ended up being put in the complaint that NetEase was suing Blizzard, but they're not. Uh, so that was that was interesting. Go ahead, Liz.
0: It's something that's really gotten spun out of hand, and it was initially reported as complete one hundred percent truth, and then like the day after, it's like oh. Actually almost none of this is true. And it's a it's like a disgruntled gamer who is just unhappy that Blizzard games are not in China anymore, which I mean I can understand that. That's pretty lame to lose an entire country. Uh I would be I would be pretty upset if I were like playing World of Warcraft and Blizzard was like, Yeah, next month it's just gonna be gone. You can't play it anymore. That would be, would be very sad.
1: yeah, but it, it's still interesting that I mean, at least in China, the media really ran with it, and I think to some degree over here as well. Because uh, yeah. I heard about it—I heard about it like ten times. There, and uh-huh. I wasn't even—I was bedridden yesterday. I couldn't even get up, and I heard about it. It's
0: some—it's some spicy news. Yeah. Well, it was also—it it
2: was also happening during a cycle where like weird things happening to or about Blizzard were like all the rage as far as like clicks go. So anything people could do to like drive content to their site, whether it was blowing something out of proportion or reporting this like little tidbit is absolutely true, seemed to like just kind of be the the thing of the day, if that makes sense.
0: I mean that was that was literally yesterday. Yeah.
2: Yes, it was yesterday. It was at a time when people were looking for controversy
1: That's now, man.
2: It's every day.
0: <laughs> we're we're in a time loop. Oh god,
1: we're gonna be playing cards and someone's gonna tell data that Dale. Uh, anyway, um, so yeah, that happened. That was weird. Uh I wanted to actually talk about this next thing just because since we have Kurt here, we can actually really kind of ask him some questions about the basic concept. Uh Diablo 4 is having their server slam this uh this month to come in May. Which not May yet as I record this, but it will be next week. They're Soon. having it I think on the twelfth,
0: I think, Liz. Uh the twelfth to the fourteenth. So just 14th, a quick yeah. weekend event.
1: So Curtis, since since you mostly worked on server teams and so forth, yes. Uh, what what exactly is a server slam? What are they trying to do here?
3: So I I don't know that I ever had heard the term server slam, but the idea here is that you want to do a concurrency load test. You want to get as many people on as possible. Um, there's a lot of systems in any online game that, uh, that track things by players, and you've kind of got sort of two problems. One of them uh, are the problems that scale linearly. So you can think about, like, everybody that's got to log in needs to you know, store the IP that they're logging in from so that you can find them to send them messages. Uh, that's the same no matter how many, like you do that once per player and it doesn't matter how many other players are on when you do that. But there's other systems that you use that scale with what we call the square of the number of players, right, or an in-squared problem. Um, because for every player that joins, they potentially could interact with every other player that's already on, right? Right. So like chat is a good example of that Um, different kinds of parts of the world simulation are like that. So, you know, it's, it's important to, to figure out like from an abstract perspective, which of those problems you have when you're writing the code, but there's also places where like there's interactions you don't foresee. Um, And so literally there's just no substitute for getting a lot of players on and having them act like players. And so You know, WoW has done this uh, a couple of times with launch events. In particular, we've had these big, you know, hey, everybody try to do the launch event from this time to this time. Um, I think that they probably didn't get quite as much information out of the open betas as they wanted. I don't know. I wasn't talking to the D4 team at the time, but I'm super excited that they're going to do this and they're going to get to do this because I know that their server team is going to be able to learn a lot about the service during those three days that are going to make launch better. So,
1: I was going to actually ask since... Uh last I I want to say again, I can't, I can't remember if it was twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two at this point, and I'm, I'm sorry. The entire decade <laughs> is melting. But when Diablo two resurrected launched, uh there was an issue with connecting to the, the uh server from the home games because it was it was running differently, but it was using the old Battle.net code for connection. Is that the kind of thing that you you can only really detect with like a lot of players? Like is that something or is it is it even more are there other things that you would want to test in this kind of situation? Like what else, besides sheer crush of people, what else are we looking at?
3: Well, so the thing is, is that a sheer crush of people is really effective for finding things that are not necessarily sheer crush of people's responsibility, right? But right, there's that, more chances for the thing to come out. Exactly, right? So, you know, there was a uh, one of the things that uh, Joe Rumsey, who was the original server uh architect on, on world of Warcraft, there was apparently a problem in Silithus at one point where like you could get knocked into a plant or something. And then like, you could never get back out. And, uh, uh, the environmental, uh, artist who was talking to him was like, that's like a one in a million chance of happening. And Joe's like, if there's a one in a million chance of it happening, it happens 10 times a day on. Wow. And you know, I, there's a lot of stuff like that, that it's just helpful to kind of flesh out. And you just don't know. It's not necessarily that the crush of players itself is going to force the issue, but it can be a like, hey, you know, we need somebody to connect over IPv6 who's using Wi-Fi from Windows 7 and, Ugh. you know, all of these combination of events happen to cause this weird thing in the stack that causes us to get these two messages out of order. And we've never gotten these messages out of order before, but hey, when that happens, it's broken.
2: Yeah, it's like it's when you're that. it's like when you're looking at uh, – I, I, I was explaining this to somebody at work the other day, like – one of the reasons you do that is like you just said, like it's, it's you're trying to create as many opportunities for something to go sideways, but like you don't realize how many opportunities for something to go sideways. Like there are, and how much different like variety there's on hardware and connections stuff like that. I like going through like the steam uh hardware profiles where you can actually go and see on steam, like what the most popular like processors are and RAM loadouts and, and things like that other people report back and the sheer volume of like different things or different like builds and different like combinations that are out there is mind-blowing unless you like yeah. if because most people don't really think about that right you you and don't I think wonder- that you're going to get like a, a, a an nvidia like 790 is still out there mm-hmm. like you know chugging away
3: well and for a, a global company like blizzard too you have to deal with uh you know different companies are popular in different regions and do different things to computers. Right. One of the mm-hmm. projects that I helped work on uh, for a little while was the, the new voice chat that we shipped in battle for Azeroth. And uh, one of the things that uh, we got some bugs on after ship was there was apparently some, I don't know if it was like, we, I don't know that I ever figured it out. I think I left the team before they figured it out, but um, there was a, a a process in China that uh, some antivirus software or some security software, or maybe something related to the way that you uh, could could spy on a machine or could protect a machine, uh, was replacing part of the TCP IP stack, and it was doing it in such a way that wasn't compliant. Like it just it would cause this one particular call that we were using to return an error in cases that it was not happening anywhere else in the world. And it was just like, oh, well, great, we're using... Part of the windows api and we're expecting a particular kind of error and we're just not getting it um not sure how to fix right and so you know we spent a lot of time with uh, china support trying to figure out like who these customers were without violating their privacy but to find out enough about their machine that we could maybe figure out what was causing this and like i said i don't even remember that we actually got to a place where we fixed it uh before i left the team
2: I remember there was like uh, there was also something that I think was it you or somebody else was like gathering uh, information because there was another problem and it was such a wide variety. I'm I'm probably misremembering because the caffeine is kicking in.
3: Yeah, there's so <laughs> many of those. I'm not sure that I can speak into like. But that's, that's the time part you were
1: parcel, gathering right? information on a
3: problem. That's, well, no, no, but I, like, job, I just, yes. I,
2: but I just yeah. no, I just remember like I think you like made like a general Twitter call.
3: <laughs> yeah. So we didn't do that too often, but there were a couple of times that I was just at my wits end that we were like, and I, I, Jared Gillis would do this too, a good friend mm-hmm, of mine. He'd be mm-hmm. like, hey, is anybody seeing this? Please please let us know because we're having trouble finding repro cases. Uh, those are really frustrating for the players, and I feel really bad for every player that's ever hit one because like, you can't play and, and you don't know why, and like it doesn't seem like you're getting any help, but at the same time, the developer on the other side is like, wow, like, this combination of things I just have not seen yet. Was it Liz like, talking about the the kitten thing?
0: Yeah, I was just about to bring that up. It was like uh, the "Are you kitten me?" quest in uh, Dragonflight, which I did once, and then it never worked again. And it was like there were there was a forum post uh, that said, "Well, we're having trouble reproducing this," and I'm like. I've managed to do this quest once since the game was released and all of my friends are talking about how this quest doesn't work and how, well, maybe if we switch realms, it'll work. Like if we get on a different shard or something, it, it'll it work. I remember at one point, Corey, Corey sent me a message in-game, which is just, we're Battle.net friends, but we play on different realms and we don't talk back and forth a lot, especially not in-game. It was very unusual asking, hey, does are you kidding me work on your realm right now? If so, can we group up so I can do it? And it's like, it's it's weird because it can seem so commonplace and so everywhere to you. But you know there may be another player out there. Are the devs just They keep trying to reproduce it and they can't see it, but it's like, ah, this bug is everywhere. Why haven't they fixed it yet?
2: I mean, I remember being in a war room at my previous job for 72 hours for like a critical bug that we couldn't replicate, but like shut down an entire like country's worth of like email services. And it was like infuriating and it turned out to be like some like, like really weird edge case that none of us could ever possibly plan for. Like those are the, most, I like when Chris saying that they're frustrating, I know a little bit about that frustration, not a whole lot, but enough. <laughs> I've lost enough sleep over the years. Uh Yeah. Like I, I joke about me not being able to play overwatch too and being frustrated about that. And I know that that's something that is, probably being looked looked at and and worked on, but it's also one of those things where it's like, I can only provide information and then sit back and wait. And I can only imagine that my weird edge case is as frustrating to support and developers as it is to me not being able to play or participate in the game, right? So, and I can't imagine how the average user responds to that.
3: Yeah, I'm a giant fan of The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker and at the Wind Waker HD launch for the Wii U, uh, like I had it downloaded and I had it ready to go and I had taken time off and then there was something wrong. I don't remember exactly what it was, um, but I couldn't play it for like the first few days. It just didn't mm-hmm. like, didn't work on my Wii U. I ended up having to like, I don't know, do like a factory reset or a wipe or something because some data had come down wrong in the download. And it was just like, well, I'm not playing that one for a while. And it like, it's very humbling for you as a dev, right? Because you realize that for all of the people who had great experiences, like there are people out there who had some terrible ones and there wasn't a lot you could do. Yep. To bring it back to the server slam, though, I, I I don't know exactly why uh, uh, they weren't they 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 uh, I, like I don't know the specifics of the situation here, but I will say that a number of times when Wow has run stress tests in the past, like there's some bug that that manages to make it where not that many people can get on anyway, and it's unrelated mm-hmm. to the thing you were trying to stress, right? And so I mean, one of the things that I'm seeing pop up on Twitter occasionally is the like, well, but didn't they have two? Weekend's like a closed beta and an open beta. Like, what additional data that they need? And I'm like, I can tell you, there were probably things that they were fighting during those betas that meant that they didn't get the information Mm -hmm, that they mm -hmm. needed, right? So, plus, I'm excited that that they're doing this.
1: The idea that a, like, oh, but they already had, like, two betas. is like, guys, do you have any idea how many more people are going to play this game when it goes live than will be on (laughs) any beta test you want to do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even in open beta, it just there are people who don't pay attention to stuff like this yeah. who, who just get the game and play the game and then go back to their lives. They don't go to fan sites. They don't go to forums. They just play the game. And if the game, like if the tests don't detect anything when you've got, say, I don't know, I'll make up a number hundred thousand people on, but when you have 10 million people on suddenly the, the thing is detected, that's going to be a problem. And there's not much, you know, you can just say, well, they had two betas already, but it's like, no, that's not the same thing, man. It is not at all. The first one was an early access. So people only got on if they had paid or, you know, given a, a an invite by Blizzard themselves. That one is really not going to test the kind of thing that acc- like, you know, as many people as can get on, please get on. It's, it's a different thing, which yeah. then kind of leads well to this, this little tidbit of news, which is that next week on the 2nd of May, we're going to see wow patch 10.1 is going to release which means something curtis i know curtis has been there for uh a new patch and all the t- attendant problems it brings um which i mean we're super excited for 10.1 we've talked about it quite a bit uh we're, we're very much excited about avarice and so forth i usually i do something like say hey what's the the thing you're most excited about but i'm gonna ask instead liz and joe have you guys gotten ready for the fact that your your mods are going to be broken
2: i'm always ready for that <laughs>
0: Okay. I I'm, I'm never ready for that. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, that's fair. I'm I, never
1: ready either.
2: I have like I have like you know, a weird just, checklist for my mods and stuff like that that I go through. And despite how many I run, I generally run a very light loadout these days. So like I'm fine. It's not the worst case scenario if I have no UI. The the UI that they work so hard to put in, I can make it work.
1: I think it actually does lead me though to to ask Curtis, uh I, how much do you play while nowadays? Do you do you still play it?
3: These days I, I don't play that much and you know it's it's something that i i feel kind of bad admitting on a podcast about the game i used to play but uh (laughs) the game i used to work on but yeah i haven't haven't played that much lately i will say the mod thing for me um I used a bunch of mods before I started working at Blizzard, and then you get so used to playing the game that way that like you can't fire up an internal build and have no mods.
0: Oh yeah, <laughs> right? you I You just imagine. feel
3: lost. So like actually, over the years, I've 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 slowly been just removing mods until I pretty much played with. Um, yeah, the
1: only mods I use at this point, as as the eye problems have gotten worse are stuff like big wigs slash deadly yeah. boss mods because you know people are like you don't to have to have this so i download that but otherwise i don't use that bartender or anything like that, that liz, it was out. a while
3: for me to learn how to heal without bartender or without oh the one that used to do spell clicking before spell clicking was it click um yes yep um but then uh once you figure out how to heal with the with the default ui it's like eh i'm just not going to download my- liz you were saying
0: i've i've totally lost my train of thought Carry on. Healing, sorry <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's fine. Wait, yeah. this is every week. This is every week's podcast.
1: Yeah, it really is. You're getting the full experience.
3: good. Okay. Good. Um, uh, yeah.
2: I was gonna say the only the only add-on that I, I that I really really rely on is GTFO because mm-hmm. I'm a very audio response player when it comes to certain things because I'm I I tend to tunnel vision when healing. So that's that's the one that like if I don't have it, I will feel it. Um, yeah. But otherwise, I could also just pay attention. But I don't want to do that. I just want something else. Tunnel
3: vision when healing's a real thing. I've I've played a oh, healer yeah. in WoW for like thirteen years. It's mm-hmm. it's it's uh, yeah, it's a real thing.
0: Yeah. Go team healer that makes that makes three of us right here.
3: Occasionally hey, having
0: occasionally
2: healed. having the chicken that like screams oh, in my ear to you. move.
1: <laughs> I was actually I was a terrible paladin healer. Like I was super bad at paladin healing, but when I was a shaman healer, I was a shaman healer at the exact time when shaman could heal anything. with just downrank chain heal. I was
2: going to say downrank chain heal made it really easy.
1: Yeah. I was just like (laughs) downrank chain heal, downrank chain heal. We're going to fix this. You can't just heal everything with downrank chain heal, chain heal. I guess I'm done playing a shaman then. (laughs) Oh wait, I can punch things. All right, cool. We introduced maelstrom weapon. I guess I'm done doing that. Yeah. I, I am not good at change. Uh, It's (laughs)
0: it's <laughs> not really funny because
1: yeah.
2: God, Liz.
0: <laughs> one one thing about the eye problems, which I also have some eye problems, uh not as bad as yours, Matt, but you know i I'm getting old. Things don't work as well as they used oh, to. Yeah, it's generally the case, yeah. The the one thing that keeps stymieing me about Blizzard games is there's no like universal way to change font sizes. Like it's very easy to change font sizes in chat but if you want to change font sizes in other elements of the interface you all you have is ue scale and you can scale it up and it scales everything up and it scales way up and i have noticed that particularly in some of the new features the new talent interface. Some of that text is real, real small. Some of that text shows up like it's in an eight-point font on my screen, and it's like, yeah, I it, like I need a magnifying glass or something. But there's no way to change it unless I set my UE scale to like two hundred percent, and then I, that would have,
2: or, or that would really
0: it. be, that would really be like vanilla More, where you want to last. And 30 and you had like 30% of your screen that was not healing bars. Yeah. I just I, funny. Cause before the, before we actually started
1: the real podcast, uh, Curtis was telling a story about, you know, people cludging together solutions and Rube Goldberging their way through. I think it was making ramen with a coffee pot. Yeah. <laughs> yep. mm-hmm. And I actually, because my biggest problem is reading quest text. Now mm-hmm. Quest text is just too yeah. small. And there's there's like nothing I've I've gotten add-ons. I've tried using the in-game stuff. Nothing was fixing it. So I actually take pictures with my phone. Oh my And then make them bigger so I can read them. And that's like, that's like kludgy as heck, but it's just, this is how it has to be. Uh, So yeah, I I definitely wish that there was just a, you know, if there was just a box, make email font bigger. I would be like, yay. I had, I had an add-on that did it, but it kept, also adding voice acting and little animated heads immersion
2: mod yeah immersion mod was what was the workaround that a lot of people used to use for that um my partner used to do the same thing because their eyesight is you know the same it's not as bad as matt's but it was they had problem reading quest text and stuff. i am the
1: rhode island of bad eyes (laughs) it's not as bad as matt's but like yeah how big is it well it's bigger than Rhode Island. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah,
2: um, but yeah but that was the workaround was to use immersion mod but it was added the voice acting and added the heads and yeah, and everything good.
1: that means we should probably move on to some other stuff really fast uh because i mean I, we have really discussed 10.1 in detail up to this point i feel like do you think we should just do a quick rundown of what's in it liz
0: uh you know i think we can do that uh next week when it's live and everyone can okay, play one. Cool. One thing I've noticed, here's some inside baseball for you, uh, about about uh, talking about game features on the website. It's like we try to post things really early so they're available when people need them and are interested in them. But a lot of things people start being interested when it's actionable, when they can do something about it. And that's, yeah. that's when they go from, eh, this may be interesting and maybe I'll click on it. That's when they go from that to like 10,000 people clicked on this guide today kind of thing. So... Yeah, we can talk about that next week and dig in. All
1: right. Well, I should mention that also this week until I think the uh the turbulent time Walkways ways event is still going. It's a time walking event. Uh so I think are we in mean week four or five of that or what? I don't we're on Burning Crusade now, but I can't remember which week this is.
0: Um third I week? think we're on week <laughs> it's way more than the third week, Joe. Uh, what is time? I, I, uh, Maybe don't I, hurt me. I, I think after this, we have one more week. All right. So we're, uh, oh, we're being, we I'm one, being that told be, that
2: this is the last week in chat.
0: Um, No, I mean, this is, we've got um Outland this week, Burning Crusade. Yes, that's what it's called. Yes. We're doing Burning Crusade this week, and I think we're doing Wrath of the Lich King next week. Yeah, and Wrath
1: of the Lich King is the last one. That'll uh, be the yeah, last. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. It, okay. it does overlap with uh, patch 10.1. So I. I kind of wonder how many people will be playing it next week because you're going to have all of this 10.1 content, but it's, it's there. If you feel like taking a trip back to wrath, you can do it.
1: All right. I wanted to ask Liz about this one. Cause I don't know anything about it. Uh, the Talantis map in overwatch arcade, which is a non-canon map design reading what you, what you put here, yeah, non-canon map design with the community over Twitch last year. Uh, so <laughs> what is this? And
0: is- i spent some time this afternoon figuring out what the heck is this uh but it is it's literally the devs and the community got together on twitch and were like let's design an overwatch map they did that back in december and now they're they're putting it in the game uh it's only available as an arcade mode for a week it is uh It's an underwater base. It's called Talantis, like Atlantis. It's supposed to be like an underwater base built in the ruins of Atlantis, I think. And uh, it's an interesting map. It makes a lot of use of like jump pads to get places. And it has, uh, it's well, obviously it's underwater base. It's surrounded by water. It has this kind of interesting vibe. But one of the things I really thought about it is like, it it feels like it definitely it feels like a player created map and that it's uh, kind of rough like the design of it looks really cool the uh, the style of it having all these jump pads to let you access places and go in different directions that you wouldn't usually be able to do uh, but it's like it doesn't have textures so it it's just kind of this like white kind of silvery color all of the walls and you just. It's it's very strange. I was talking with Mitch this afternoon about how it, you know, it feels like a mod map that someone created for the game. And then we kind of went off on, wow, if Overwatch let you put in map mods, that would be super cool. Uh, yeah, so it's interesting. And if you want to see what kind of crazy ideas the community came up with, go in Overwatch Arcade and play Talantis, Because it is, it is interesting. It's an interesting experiment, I guess, they've done.
1: All right. Um. I don't either Joe or Kurt. Do you have anything you want to say about that? You don't have to. Sounds fun.
2: One day I hope to be able to play it.
1: Oh, yeah. That's one. Kurt was talking before about things that can't be replicated easily by the dev teams. Joe hasn't been able to play Overwatch yet since Overwatch 2 came out, and they don't they know that it's happening, but they don't know how to fix it.
2: Yeah. yeah, and 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 to be perfectly clear, I'm cool. Like, I'm not mad about it. Stuff happens.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, but no, I'm just pointing out that it is an example yeah, of that. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let's see what else we got. You know, here? you can
3: be both cool and mad.
1: Like, yeah, just I be not,
3: but not, like
2: you, but, but like, mad.
1: But like you,
3: personally, yeah. mad.
2: But like you, Kurt, I have like eight games deep that I'm behind on and need to play. Like, so it's, it's
1: yeah. fine. Yeah, okay, yeah, we've
0: taken that turn time. I'm Sorry, just, guys,
1: I have to like, look at this list of things at the same time. <laughs> I I
0: just I just finished Horizon Forbidden West last week because I have so many games and I'm so easily distracted and there's so much going on I
1: I, can't you know I'm upset because I couldn't finish it because when we moved I lost my PS4 in one of the boxes and I still haven't found it. I just unpacked all my book boxes and it wasn't in any of them. So I I can't play it. Uh, I don't have a PS5 I can't afford a ps5 um so yeah it's like I'm not gonna ever get to finish that game until until they finally bring it out for, other, for pc in like four years uh and that's that's sad because I loved horizon Zero Dawn I thought it was a really yeah we, uh,
3: we really shouldn't talk about horizon or I will take over the rest of the podcast yeah. No,
1: go
0: for it you're here I I could I could go off on horizon it's so feel free it's, it, it's uh, great like I can see the difficulties and problems with it it's, it's not A perfect game but i love it i love it so much i want 10 more games right now
3: it's it's so good i when i did not play it at launch because i didn't have a playstation and in general wasn't playing too many single player games um and when i did finally get around to playing it i played zero dawn and then i immediately played through it again and then like three months later, I was like, oh, this is great. I'm going to do it again. And so I played through it again. Anyway, I played it through like five times the first 12 <laughs> months that I knew it existed. And uh, I used to do this thing every year where I would play through. I mentioned this, I think maybe in the pre-show, that I was a big fan of Wind Waker. No, no, I might have been already the main show. But anyway, um, I used to play through Wind Waker every year. It was like an annual tradition. It was like in like November, I would be like, Christmas is coming. I'm going to play through Wind Waker. Um, I don't do that anymore. I now do zero Dawn. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's such a good game, and I love it so much. Um, and yeah, I'm actually playing through new game plus uh, Forbidden West right now on Twitch while I'm between oh. uh, between jobs. So Highly here's my recommended. shameless plug. i
0: I uh, here's, will have to turn this on.
3: Shameless and, plug uh, uh, tomorrow morning, I'll be streaming more new game plus where we've gotten uh, two of the subordinate functions. so we've got uh, two more to get. Um, we just recovered beta. so it's a uh, it's good. It's a good game should definitely play it I even liz i'm such a uh, a fan i bought the playstation vr 2 oh so that gosh. i could play call of the mountain and uh as a climbing simulator it's a really great game uh it's, huh. it's fantastic i love the whole of the whole ip i love the whole genre uh they could make 10 horizon games and i would buy them all so yeah
1: i i don't i've lost track of the amount of people who, upon hearing about this game, were like, Ross, you must be playing it, right? It's Robot Dinosaurs. That's your thing, right? And I'm like, Yes. But unfortunately for you, I have oppositional defiance disorder. So the more you insist that I play this, <laughs> the harder it is for me to play it. So shut up and let me play it myself.
3: I had not heard that that was a thing, Matt. But oh, it's thanks big for saying deal. that because my oldest son has the same reaction to Ender's yeah. Game. Is, so. your,
1: is your son either a, uh, does he either have autism or ADHD?
3: Uh, yeah, I'm not going to talk, I don't have to talk about, I'm just saying, because as someone who
1: just discovered they had ADHD this year, so many things came out of that discovery. Uh, and one of them is oppositional defiance disorder, which is, it comes from, uh, there's a reaction that everybody has. That's just oppositional defiance. Yeah. That that is a common thing that some people have that most people have to a degree one way or the other. But if you have OD, if you have oppositional defiance disorder, what happens is it becomes much stronger. Like ah. it, it's almost like like OCC, like you know, it's almost yeah. like oh, I'm so OCD. I, I you know, it's like that, but with someone tells you to do something, so you're like,
3: no. Well, and you're Matt, like, you yeah. should definitely never play Horizon. I don't want I you to ever play, it play anyway, Horizon.
1: Man. I just <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm
3: oppositionally saying it. <laughs> yeah, I <I'm> got <laughs> yeah. it.
1: Unfortunately, it doesn't. You work will with, disappoint
3: you know, me if you play it.
1: it reverse <laughs> psychology it does not work on me. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it is one of those things that that has shaped my. Uh, for lack of a better word geekdom like when firefly was out uh and everyone was like "Man, you have to watch firefly i've never watched firefly oh like oh dope didn't do it um i'm
3: not sure that it would hold up now it does it does Man, not the time
1: nothing does the time uh, oh. nothing gold can stay but anyway uh yeah that that is i i loved the idea of horizon when i finally got to play it i was actually shocked at how good ashley birch was shocked because i mean not that i was shocked because you know ashley Birds is terrible but shocked that that they could give someone that nuanced a performance like you know i've not seen many like it oh and forbidden west
3: is so good with that it really is
0: liz the real thing i think about horizon zero zero dawn and forbidden west is it does such a good job with side characters like um Every side character has a unique personality. They are like a fully realized person. There is no one who just you go in and they're like, okay, I need you to kill ten rats. They're over there. Go kill. I mean, ten robot rats and come back to me with some robot rat hearts. I I mean, there are there are plenty of fetch quests, but none of them feel like fetch quests. They all have a reason and a purpose in the world. And the voice acting. On every character, like Ashley Birch, amazing. But like every little character, the voice acting is top notch. I will say this Really much, amazing.
1: I will say this much uh, before we try to get back to, you know, the show. <laughs> going. Uh, in, I remember in, in Forbidden West, one of the things in the beginning that I noticed was when you meet up again with the characters that you knew in Horizon, there's a lot of that kind of thing. And just in brief moments. Uh, when the king shows up and is so mm-hmm. obviously like, hi, it's me, the smoldering king. And you're like, yeah, uh, that's great, your highness. I love the energy, but I'm going to have to stop you because I'm, I'm involved in a world spanning quest to save everything and don't have time for your crush thing. That's great, though. Really good to see you. I, I just I really liked they they you know, they have I don't want to say simple because they're not simple but they have like really well thought out, but able to be expressed quickly moments. Um, I liked the, 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 the the exchange she has with her friend, the blacksmith, the blacksmith lady, Mm -hmm.
3: just Mm -hmm. really,
1: really well done, really quick to the point, but really well done her interaction with Ross, who is like kind of mad at her because he also has a crush on her, but is (laughs) just much more of a, you know, kick rocks kind of guy about that sort of thing.
0: I I'm not sure who you're talking about, but it's definitely not Rost. It's not
1: Rost. Rost is dead. It's, it's Varl. Varl. Thank yeah. you. I, I get I get Rost and Varl confused, which is weird because they're not even close to being like each other. Uh, Rost, by the way, is also my favorite character of the first game. Um, yeah. just because of how much you find out about him mm-hmm. after he's you know after he dies. You realize, oh, this is why he did this. This is why Mm -hmm. her life was the way it was. Really, really well done. Uh, It's it's in a very, very good game.
3: There's a great callback to that in Forbidden West, Rossi, where she's talking to and trying to relate to another clone of Elizabeth Sobek, and she's trying to understand why they are so different. And she realizes that. I'm glad that I spoiled that, or or I would be annoyed right now. A huge chunk of it is uh, is hey, you're different because of Ross, which is really cool
0: it's a big nature nurture thing you get there. And it's, it's interesting. Yeah. And, and also a new DLC for Horizon Forbidden West came out this week and I haven't had time to play it. And it's making me crazy because I, I think- just want to sit down and play it for like 20 hours straight. Like a lot of I don't have the time. I, I gotta, That's I put pretty much what there. I've done.
1: Yeah. I got to get this <laughs> out there for people who, um, who are playing this on a PS4. The DLC, the new DLC is not coming to PS4. Uh, oh, like no, other games. Really? Yes. Oh, yeah. Other games, uh, Cyberpunk had the same thing where the new DLC is not coming for uh last gen consoles it's only and going to be on next gen consoles
3: i was and i was dragon- flying a, i was flying around burning shore and thinking to myself man this is going to be really hard for them to squeeze out of the ps4 but i guess uh, they just didn't so yeah they, I, they can't
0: i remember very clearly that dragon age inquisition did the same thing with the trespasser dlc which was yep. like that's a that's a big story thing and if you're a fan of dragon age you really want to play it and they were just like yeah this, this we can't do this with last gen console technology. We're only making it and, for the PS4.
2: And I guess as a it, it raises an interesting conversation yet again. Is like when do you stop developing for the last gen console? And is yeah, it when the, when so. the technology fails when when you when it can no longer handle it, or do you start moving before that? And it looks like at least in these cases, they've waited till the hardware can't support it anymore. At least, so
1: the PS4 is one of the most popular consoles ever made. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it was. It ranks up there in terms of, like the, the PS2 was probably the only Did, PS that 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 rivaled it in terms of popularity, and that's another one that hung out forever.
2: Did I tell you what my uh, my my most popular three D print that I sell is? It's feet for the PS4 to keep it elevated so that it could stay cooler uh, with the current <laughs> demands that like latch onto the side of the console to keep it raised. Like it, it, you are not you are not lying. It is very popular
1: (laughs) and as a result of that i think it extended that generation's life past where it would have been oh easily uh also i mean i say that it's not like the xbox uh series i mean the xbox one was also the one one x in particular was also very popular Mm -hmm. Uh, it was one of the more popular xbox consoles yeah
3: i don't think it ever got to playstation 4 levels though i'm one back of the envelope here i'm wanting to say xbox one was like 50 million ish to 60 million playstation 4 is like hundred and twenty million.
1: Oh yeah no the, the ps4 was was by and far like one of the more successful consoles period um more so than either the ps5 or uh xbox series x have been to this point uh, but i'm not expecting either of them to hit those levels because of the time period they came out but as a result i mean a lot of games were released for the ps4 and the xbox uh one that had no business being on them yeah like straight up horizon forbidden west when i was playing it on the four my four was glowing like a monolith (laughs) or something Mm -hmm, mm it's like like, oh okay uh if the console turns into a board cube i'm sorry i didn't mean to expose it to this much but (laughs) unfortunately i really wanted to play this game uh but yeah so that's one of the things that um even happens for like new computer generations like every time, every time an expansion comes out, uh, it's always you know must have these things. And you look at the the stats, and it's like the stats to to play the last expansion on like you know ultra, you know, could barely even run the next expansion. Sometimes it's like wow, okay, I don't know what they're doing in this one, but it's it's pretty demanding apparently because it's just the nature of it. You know, people people want to hold on to stuff. But at the same time, technology keeps advancing and companies want to take advantage of it. So it's a a thing that happens with all games. Uh, Oh, Liz, Big Battle Bear. That's this week. When does that end?
0: Uh, That ends on the 27th, which is Thursday. So if you are listening to this and it's after Thursday, I'm sorry you have lost your chance. If you're listening to us live, or you're a Patreon supporter listening to it early, uh, 27th is your last chance to claim the Big Battle Bear on Amazon Prime. However, we have learned that there is a new Prime Gaming drop coming after the Big Battle Bear, possibly immediately after. We don't know what it is. We're going to, supposedly, we're going to get find out about it soon. So, even if you don't get the Big Battle Bear, there's going to be something else for you next week.
1: Yeah, I've been. My wife hadn't actually understood the uh, what what they're doing with Twitch drops, so I explained where a lot of the drops were oh. stuff that was in the card game.
0: Let me let Come me on. switch around. This is this is not a Twitch drop. This, this is Prime is Gaming,
1: an Prime Amazon gaming, yeah.
0: Prime Gaming reward, yeah. which is a different thing. Though they also overlap in a huge way because Amazon owns Twitch, and also you need to have your Twitch account linked to your Amazon account and your BattleNet account linked to your Twitch account. It's like there are many layers to claiming this. It's it's pretty simple, but there are like five or six steps that you have to link this to that and link this to that. Uh, but anyway, if you haven't done it, if you're an Amazon Prime subscriber, go to Prime Gaming, find the uh, uh, big battle bear, and uh, follow the instructions on the website because it's, just, it's too much. It's too much for me to just talk through.
3: Yeah. It sounds like you barely have enough time to do it. too. <laughs> mm. A bear I,
0: <laughs> I just, I just claimed mine this afternoon. No, no promises that we'll get another bear, but maybe, maybe we'll just, maybe it'll be a whole year of different bear mounts via Amazon Prime gaming. I don't know. Didn't, didn't they have a polar bear mount for one of the Blizzcons? Yep. Uh, 2013. 2013. <laughs> was, was it the first? Was it the first or the I thought it was really early, but maybe I'm just.
2: It was, it was really early. Might It might've been 08. I think it was 08. I'm looking it up.
1: That
0: moment <laughs> when you realized there. 2008.
2: Blizzcon- yeah. yeah.
0: Oh, good.
2: I have approximate knowledge of stuff.
0: <laughs>
1: In five years, we will be on the 20th Blizzcon. No, no, I'm just not going to talk about. It. Uh, oh, yeah, um, we, uh, we could mention the Greedy Emissary event. and Wow, that's okay. we don't know when exactly that's going to be. We yeah, actually, June, right? oh,
0: actually do we do. It's okay. uh, starts on May 25th and it runs through June uh, June 16th. See, so, you know, if I could see could today,
1: do. I would have seen that you put that number there. <laughs> you actually have dated all these, but I can barely see, so I didn't notice. Okay, yeah, that that would have been that would have spared me some embarrassment. All right, uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's basically uh, just a Diablo, it's a WoW event, basically saying, "Hey, Diablo Four is coming. Here's an event, right?"
0: I mean, yeah, it kind of is. We don't know all of the details about it, but it will have uh, one of those. Very nice experience and reputation buffs. So, uh, winds of sanctuary, I, I think it was called. Yes, I believe so. So, okay. I mean, usually we get winds of wisdom for mm. uh, uh, but now we're getting winds <laughs> of sanctuary Definitely related
1: to sanctuary is even remotely wisdom.
0: <laughs> Nothing uh, yeah, uh, wise
1: has happened in Diablo for a very long time.
0: Uh, uh. Um but there is a new a new pet you can get the bow pet, like a, a ba, ba like a sheep, bow. I think. Yeah. Baal. Yeah, it's bow. not bow. It's like Baal. Hi. Baal. <laughs> there you go. I don't I don't know if that makes any sense, but uh and we don't know how you get it. There are some cosmetics, there's this pet that are all kind of Diablo themed. Uh we don't have the complete details yet, but Diablo! The only, the real problem with this event is it actually overlaps with the release of Diablo 4, and I understand it's like, you're promoting Diablo 4 over here, but it's like, I can't do both of these things at once. Well, it's not the first time they it.
2: it's not the first time they did that. They did that with, like, StarCraft 2 and, and, uh, and WoW and, and some other cross games in the past, too, so i mean i remember there, there being I, some cross promotional stuff see with there that.
1: being a problem because as soon as diablo 4 comes out everything else will cease to exist for me for about a month <laughs> um, especially reading that it's going to take about 150 hours to get to level 100 means i have to carve mm-hmm. 150 hours out of the month of june so yeah eating and sleeping and talking to people these have to go um, yeah you, these are dead weight you
0: know you know after the beta after those two beta weekends, Blizzard sent around an email that were like, Here's, here are your accomplishments. And it said I'd played like 63 hours of the beta over two weekends. And, um, you know, the immediate response was, are there even, was the beta even up for 62 hours? How did this work? How does time function? Uh, but But yeah, that's probably... That's probably what I'm going to do. It's just everything is Diablo and everything hurts. Yes. <laughs> because it's so, it's such a terrible world. Bad things were happening to everyone.
1: Also, I haven't slept in two days. So yeah, I feel like I understand your anxiety and pain <laughs> and fear because I'm experiencing it. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay. yeah. Um, I think that's basically it. I mean, we didn't mention children's week, but uh, children's week is from like the first of May to the 28th of May. And if you've ever done children's week in WoW before, It's that, and if you haven't, you take an orphan and run around showing them cool things that they want to see, and then the Bronze Dragonflight almost murders them. But you talk (laughs) them out of it. That's children's.
0: Uh, 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 I have not heard that there's anything new in this children's week, but uh, we'll see. We'll if, there is,
1: yeah, if there is then that'd be great but at this point however we're going to do that thing we do where we answer a few questions uh we've got a couple different ways to do that and t- since curtis is here i'm going to have fun making him read an email um <laughs> but you can you can email us at uh bl- podcast at blizzardwatch.com subject line podcast of blizzard Watch, so you know it's for this show uh because if if you don't, then then I don't know what's going on, and I just I grab things willy nilly like I'm doing a shopping spree episode of a TV show. Uh, but also, if you'd rather you know send us stuff on Discord, which a couple of folks did this week, thank you. Um, you can you can do that as well. We have the Patreon Q and Podcast Questions channel for patrons, which we look in first because you know patrons keep the lights on and keep the site going, and we really appreciate that. Uh, So we like to give back a little bit, but if you can't be a patron, we totally understand Uh, life is tough and everything is, is melting. So if you can support us in other ways, like, you know, just be on the forums, just, you know, tell people to read our stuff, read our stuff yourself, stuff like that. Uh, We still check the Q and podcast questions channel for non-patrons because, you know, we want to take as many questions as we can, if at all possible. So, yeah, um... Curtis, if you don't know, usually what happens is we have one of the f- these two read the emails because, you know, my eyes are what they are. And uh, then we answer it. Uh, this time I'm going to make you do it, but you can pick any one of the questions we've got in the email and go ahead and read it and we'll answer it. So go ahead. Cool.
3: Have fun. Uh, by the way, long long time listener, first time on. So <laughs> of, uh, I'm familiar. I'm aware of what you do. Oh, let's see. Huh. Uh, I guess I'll just start at the top here. Let's go with Roxy um question for the podcast it's your friend roxy here with a question about a new trend in the wow community what do you all think about this new hardcore movement in classic classic hardcore and retail ksm hardcore my understanding are it's basically a solo experience where if you die you delete your character i know classic also allows you to run dungeons only allows you to run dungeons once, no auction house usage, and no receiving purposeful help from anyone. They have a dedicated Discord and even an appeals process from mulliganing deaths. Should Blizzard try to support these challenges more directly? Um, does that mean I have to answer it first? You can you don't have to. You, you can you can you
2: can you can kick um, into one of us to do it too.
3: I love emergent gameplay. It's, yes, it's one of the coolest parts about working on an MMO and uh I mean, I just saw uh, a friend at Blizzard posting today uh, that she was looking for people to uh, like come come run hardcore stuff. Uh, I think so that she could just chat about it while she was doing it. And so, yeah, no, it's uh, it's really cool, and I love to see the the WoW community still coming up with new ways to to digest the content and and dig around. Yeah, I'm i mean, if-
2: Go ahead, Liz. Liz
0: one of the things is that there's some data mining suggesting that the team may be working on some kind of hardcore mode like a, spec- a specific hardcore server which I, I i'm totally with you about the emergent gameplay I have no desire to play a game like this but it is fascinating to see other people do it and I love it when people are like really into things if that makes sense it's great to see people having fun and enjoying the game in their way even if it's totally different than what you expect or how you play
1: Yeah, I I used to say um, when Annabelle first came on the site and she was talking about pet battles with me I think my exact expression was I love pet battles because I never have to do them (laughs) I love anything that can be there if you want it and can be ignored if you don't want it. That is my favorite.
2: Yeah. Like that. One of the
1: things
3: that, sorry, go ahead, Joe. No,
2: I was just going to say, that's one of the things I look forward to in like in gameplay like this as well. Like if it is going to be officially supported, which is perfectly fine if, if that's, you know, the way they want to go. And we, it it wouldn't be the first time we've seen uh, a game developer like ingest or support a community driven uh, experience or embrace it or make it something that you know they can give tools like toggling it on or offer a server for it and enforce the rules um as long as it's not something that's you know a necessity and it just remains an option i'm all about people playing games the way they want to play games and having fun the way they want to have fun so
1: yeah i mean diablo has had hardcore mode for since Diablo 2. Yep. I have successfully not played it since Diablo 2, and I look forward to not playing it in Diablo 4. I don't do hardcore modes. Uh, you know, I'm not playing video games to challenge myself. Quite frankly, at my age, and with the illnesses and injuries I have, playing a video game is harder than it used to be. I don't need you to make it harder for me. Uh, difficulty modes are sufficient. I, I don't need hardcore. But if you want it, cool. Go for it. It should absolutely be there. I totally don't mind. And I do like the, the idea of emergent gameplay the idea of i think go, this goes back all the way to the original battle for south shore which nobody expected to be anything like you, people just started fighting at taron mill and south shore for no reason there was no like there's no there was no treasure there was no prizes there was nothing there was no reason to do it but we did it anyway and that kind of became a thing so yeah i I definitely think it is something worth having and i'm I'm looking forward to seeing
3: one thing i think is really interesting about a lot of these kinds of emergent gameplay situations is like as a i have never been uh at the level where i feel like i could could make these kinds of resource allocation decisions right but you know one of the things that uh, a hardcore uh play style does is it focuses a lot of attention on your early game right because People are playing it and dying and then having to play it again and then dying, having to play it again and dying. So if your early game has some weak spots or some parts that drag on or whatever, a hardcore mode will really expose that. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's interesting to see um, uh, people uh, embracing this, this idea in wow. Um, I'll be interested to see how it kind of plays out there because it's going to focus a lot of attention on early game. Wow. Right. Which you know, if you if you think about wow as a as a model and as a business, right, it's it's probably one of the places that has not gotten as much attention as a lot of uh, in game stuff because more players are in game and more people are focused on in game. That's not to say that like people don't think about the level up experience, but it it's a it's a it's an opportunity right to to get direct feedback on stuff that we probably haven't gotten as much feedback on since it went in the game.
1: All right. Uh Liz, Joe, you have anything else to say on this one?
0: I think particularly particularly with level boosts these days, uh you there are a lot fewer people leveling characters, so I can really see how how that can become not a focus because it's you're gonna get so little feedback on it.
1: Mm, fair point.
2: Uh Joe? I have nothing else to add. All right. Uh Curtis, you
1: get to pick who gets to answer the next one. Okay, I'm
3: gonna I read say the next one. Sorry. Liz has to do it.
0: Okay, question from Tetsimi. A question for the Blizzard Watch podcast. What stories would be better presented, engaged with in an action RPG versus a multiplayer MMO style game? I feel like we always get the Cliff Notes version of stories slash lore in an MMO because they're constantly trying to get you to end game systems. What wow story would you love to experience in a longer format ARPG as opposed to an abridged MMO version? And I'm gonna I'm gonna talk toss this one to Joe because I feel like we always talk over Joe and he sits in the background waiting for us to finish. So tell us, Joe.
2: <laughs> I I am perfectly content. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot. I'm gonna turn You're
1: out Joe now. No. <laughs>
2: there, there's a there's a lot. There's a lot of, of really cool story moments or, or uh, elements that we, to some of you is right, we get like Cliff Note versions. That's sort of just part and parcel with like the whole MMO experience, right? You you only have so much time to do things. Uh, and going back to something we were talking about, I believe pre-show, uh, where we're talking about like Star Wars, uh, The Old Republic and stuff like that. Like those had very like in-depth storytelling experiences because that's basically what the game is built on. While WoW has that built into it to a certain degree, it's still first and foremost an MMO and then secondarily it is a story vehicle where most of the story is done nowadays externally or through cutscenes and not through gameplay. Um if we were going to start doing things that were more in-depth or have things that were more of like a a single player RPG experience, I'd like to go back to things like the sundering. I'd like to go to stuff like the Black Empire and the the war between the old gods and the the titans and the titan forces um i'd like to go back and maybe have uh we went through the caverns of time we had that moment with azara with the war of the ancients and we've had a couple interactions with it uh in various formats um like i think in legion we also went back and uh we did the the um why can't i think of his name now matt help me out here thank you the high mountain um quest line and that Mm. was during that yeah I'd like to see the opportunity to experience more of those stories more in depth, have more of the opportunity for characterization and more of the opportunity for uh, the relationships between the characters that we know are there and were forged all those years ago. And we've read about them and, but I'd like to be able to experience some of that. Like imagine being able to play through the experience of that weird love triangle of uh, Tarand and Illidan and uh malfurian and having to deal with the fallout of all of that and and you know where where they fit in society and and everything else i think like stuff like that would be really cool to explore in sort of like an rpg element so that's my two cents what do you guys think
0: i would like an entire game set in asmerloth <laughs> why yes very yeah, that sounds yeah. like a great idea <laughs> Yes, let's just do a whole game where everyone is a Murloc. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Just let's, let's do this. Let's, let's go to Asmeraloth and stay there for a while. Let's, how did we find this alternate universe? How did this alternate universe come to be? Or, Maybe just hang out and enjoy everyone being a Murloc for a while. An
2: entire entire, uh, uh, game that starts with that moment we accidentally send the Murloc through the time portal, and it's just, you're the Murloc. (laughs) 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 Uh, I'd play that. I would play that all day long. Matt, Kurt?
3: I Um, feel like this is a hard one one for me to weigh in on, just because of so much internal experience and and discussion. So, not Fair enough. I will say I think I've said publicly before that uh you know de- designing story in an MMO is really really hard and I mm-hmm. don't I don't envy our quest designers having to try to do it um I I I I don't remember who on the podcast said this but years and years and years ago on this very podcast I think somebody said that they would love to play a Wild WoW Skyrim I don't blame you I think that there's a there's a a world there that would be really cool
1: Okay, I'm just going to say first off that I, I want to resist my, ver- my urge to be curmudgeonly, but I, I do have to say this. I don't know that it's necessarily an MMO thing as much as it's a blizzard thing. And this isn't to criticize blizzard, but a lot of times in the past, uh, there have been people who used to work at blizzard who don't work there anymore, who used to say things like, well, we're not really a story company. Uh, we're mostly a game company and and we make choices, of gameplay over story. Uh, and, I think that that still kind of lingers there. Like World of Warcraft, it has a very a very deep and en- enriching story, but at the same time, it's gotten much more sophisticated over the years. When it started, a lot of the story in World of Warcraft was just there to get you from point A to point B. Uh, it was just like a scaffolding. that gave you gave you things to fight, gave you quests to fill out, and, and that was basically it. Um, again, they have gotten a lot better uh, since Legion, in my opinion. I, I think that their team is one of the best, but it's still worth pointing out. Another thing is that there are ARPGs that Blizzard's put out that have not, like, I love Diablo 2, but the story of Diablo 2 is not super deep. No. Uh, It is not trying to be. And the story of Diablo 3 is even more, like, the story of Diablo 3 is like, well, Diablo 2 took too long to get there, so we're going to put you in this fast, fast car and drive it at the wall really fast. And then you're (laughs) going to go through the wall, and it's going to be on fire, and there's going to be ponies. Like, you know, it's just, (laughs) it's there, but it's like, it is not the point. If you're playing Diablo three, the point is not the rich lore and, and storytelling. I say this as a dude who can sit here and talk about the lore of a Diablo for an hour and have done so. Um, but not all ARPGs have a deep in, in explorative backstory, uh, and, they, and not all MMOs are the way Blizzard did MMOs back in the day. Uh, nowadays, I think Blizzard has really they've. Blizzard as a whole, the story and development team at Blizzard is a, is, is a multi-game platform. It's it's not just, wow, it's, it's everything. And it's got some really talented people on it. And then the narrative team for the individual games, also, again, really talented people. Uh, it's definitely different than it was. But at the same time, you can't really blame that on MMO versus ARPG. Because you see it, again, playing Diablo 2 II or 3, comparing it to Diablo 4. Diablo 4, in just the beta test, had a deeper, more entrenched story than anything i've ever seen in the diablo game by orders of magnitude uh, there's there's like little moments of environmental storytelling that would not be out of place in in a in a cd project red or a bethesda game like little bits like where the the woman is just talking to her husband's grave saying i can't sleep because you know you're not there and you're not snoring and who knew i couldn't sleep without the snoring and you're like, whoa, okay, that is a moment you would not have gotten in Diablo 3. You would not have had time for this moment in Diablo 3. There would be 75 demons over there that needed you to hit them right now. So it, it, I don't feel like that's, that's WoW's fault. And I don't think that no. you can necessarily break it out into an ARPG and you'd get a better experience. Uh, that being said, I really want... The thing about WoW, it's, it's time scale, if you think about how much time has passed between things, is enormous. Like in human history, we can go back and actually know about societies that existed 5,000, 6,000 years ago in world of Warcraft. You could be hearing about a dude who like lived 20,000 years ago from a dude who has been alive since 20,000 years ago and is telling you about it. Like he's telling you about the day he had some pie, like the, the time is so much deeper. I would love for them to actually play around with what the heck that means in a story, but I don't, I don't know that that's a good fit for an ARPG quite frankly, uh, an ARPG about how long things take to do doesn't feel like the necessarily the way to go, but I, I do like that idea of that exploring. So yeah, now who, who does what?
2: Well, I think we're at kind of time.
1: Okay. So we're not going to do the one about peeps. Good. Cause I don't like that. One. <laughs>
2: uh, all right. So shall I do, shall I do the thing, Matt? Yeah, you should do the thing. I will do the thing folks. Thank you very much for joining us. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash Blizzard Watch. Your continued support means that this podcast-signing community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast. Better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the Q and Annette's free site experience.
1: Uh, thank you very much, Joe. Uh, thank you again for Curtis coming on the show. Really appreciated it, and it was really great to have you. Um, thank you for having me. No, it's it's... If nothing else you got to confirm to me that people actually listen to the show
2: <laughs> I mean so, I, I I warned I warned him as that he had a standing invite on the podcast and he took it he took it
1: yeah Take it was it. like it was great he's and like he- i've watched I've listened to the show
0: before I'm like oh my god. <laughs> Oh, we, could, times. Uh, we could do a whole Horizon podcast, and then it just, I don't I know, have, it, might be Curtis, I, it might just be Curtis and me talking back and forth. Really, listen, like,
2: I have made an offer. I,
0: set it up, Liz, I'm, I'm in.
2: <laughs> I have made an <laughs> offer for, for, for there to be a Lorewatch episode where it is literally just nothing but Horizon stuff. Liz and Kurt, know, you, you I, could I just go.
3: I, I didn't know that Lorewatch went into stuff that wasn't Blizzard games. If you We do, do, all do all the time. time. Horizon, Occasionally. Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: But anyway, guys, uh, thank you to Liz and Joe as well, of course. Thank you to all of you for listening. Um, Blizzard Watch, you know, it's a show we do. We love doing it. Uh, We're very glad that you're all here supporting us and making it possible. Uh, But this has been the podcast, and we will be back next week.